Amen. Thank you so much, worship team, for that. We're always blessed um, by our students and our leaders that have talents and they use them for the Lord. Have you ever your Bibles, excuse me, if you have your Bibles, turn them to John chapter 10. Turn them to John chapter 10, please. Because we are continuing our series in the I Am's of Jesus. We've talked about how Jesus is the bread of life. We've talked about how last week Jesus is the light of the world. And we're talking about the I Am's of Jesus. Why? Because we need to understand how Jesus describes himself. Okay, we need to understand the implications or the importance of the descriptions that Jesus has for himself. Why? Because ultimately, who Jesus is or who he says and claims to be will ultimately lead to something so amazing in your life. It's led to so many amazing things in my life. You know, this, this past summer at camp, a lot of y'all gave your life to the Lord. A lot of y'all had surrendered your life to Jesus because of what he's done for you. But my question is, do you know who he is though? It's all fun and games and easy when you say, Jesus, here's my, my life. I surrendered it to you and I'm ready to receive your gift, but I'm not willing to know who you are. That is why we're talking about the I am's of Jesus, because we, don't, we need to know the person that we're following. We need to know the God that we've surrendered our lives to, right? We need to know who Jesus is. Is And remember, we don't take the I am uh, phrase lightly. Again, I'll continue to remind you that the I am statement is very powerful in Jewish culture. You don't say that, right? Because that's the first time that God introduced himself to the world is by declaring I am. Okay. And so they would use words like Yahweh and Jehovah, quick refresher. Um, But now Jesus is deliberately stating these uh, things, describing himself as I am. And it's upsetting a lot of people. It's upsetting a lot of Jewish leaders, okay? A lot of Pharisees, religious leaders, because again, you're not supposed to describe yourself in that specific way because who do you think you are? But as we've seen, uh, Jesus is describing himself as God, right? He's also describing himself as the giver of life through the bread of life and the light of the world. And today we're going to look at him being the door, right? And one of my favorite movies growing up, I'm not sure if you've seen it, is, is Monsters, Inc. Has anybody seen Monsters, Inc.? It's one of the be- greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. Disney movie, anyway. Nowadays, I feel like Disney movies are all, eh, whatever. Uh, but growing up, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., like, they all had good movies. And one of my favorite scenes from Monsters, Inc. is the first time that, um, like, one of the characters or one of the monsters uh, has, like, a, a sock on his back and everyone freaks out. And I actually have a clip, so let's just watch it really quick. Are they, you know, I hadn't even noticed. <laughs> and uh, how is Georgie doing? He's doing great. I love working with that big guy. Keep the doors coming, Charlie. I'm on a roll today. George and I are like brothers. <laughs> 2319! We have a 2319! George Sanderson, please remain Ooh. motionless. Oh, 
guys. That was a close one. Okay, people, take a break. I love it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, sure, you can clap for a movie. No, but, but here's the thing, right? In all seriousness, right? The movie is about these monsters that have different doors that they walk through and, and, and they're supposed to scare little kids and they're supposed to get energy from that. But on a much serious note, um, I have a question for you, right? Were there ever any doors in your life that you really wish you didn't open? And I'm not just talking about literal doors here, okay? I'm talking about the spiritual doors or the different opportunities or moments where you had a decision to make of whether walking through this door or not. You see, doors is often used as a metaphor for life, right? For opportunities. And I know there's a lot of people in this room that have opened doors that led to other doors, that led to other doors, that led to hurt, pain, led to shame, guilt, it led to that relationship where you know it's not going to go well for you, or it led to that moment where you decided to uh, curse someone out. It led to that moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and turn on my phone and, and go to this website, or it led you to that door that eventually opened up to so many different things, and now you're walking in all of these doors that ultimately lead to one place, and that's darkness. Right, but we learned last week that Jesus being the light of the world can shine light on that darkness. But the point is, is that we all have a choice to walk through certain doors in our life. That's, that's just a fact. And there are doors that some of us have walked through that we wish we never opened. And then there are doors that we just pass by that we wish we so desperately walked through. But sometimes we don't know what lies on the other side or we don't know what's going to come out of walking through this door and our curiosity takes the best of us. And so we just walk through the door and, and it leads to all these different things. And we pass by doors where we actually know because people have walked through these doors where there's grace, where there's freedom, where there's love and acceptance. Yet we choose to pass, pass that door. And my hope and prayer today is that you would see that Jesus is the door that leads to so much more than we could ever imagine. That while you've walked through all these different doors in your life, if you walk through the door of Jesus, you'll walk to a door that leads to grace, forgiveness, acceptance, love, things that you could have never imagined, unspeakable joy. And that's where we kind of pick up the story in John chapter nine, really quick, a backstory. Jesus had just finished healing the blind man. If anybody knows that story, he gets mud, puts it on the blind man's eyes, and now he can see. And the religious leaders are super upset because there is a culture back then that the way that you are is a result of your sin. So if your parents were really bad sinners or your grandparents were really bad sinners and, and, and now you're blind, the reason why you're blind is because of all the sin that's in your life, right? People who were sick, who had leprosy were viewed as outcasts because, oh man, their family must really have a bad history. But now here comes a man who was blind and Jesus heals him and he can now see. And so the Pharisees are saying, wait a minute, how is this possible? How did you get healed? And the guy's telling him, it was Jesus. He opened my eyes and they're upset that it can't be, right? We follow Moses because God spoke to Moses. Remember, we're talking about Old Testament and how they viewed uh, uh, religion. 
It's we follow the law. That was their door is the way that we get to God is by obeying all these rules and we follow the law. But he's saying, no, 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 Jesus healed me. He's saying, well, this is a man. No, you, you, you need to stop following Jesus. You need to follow Moses because he's the true door, right? And Jesus says, I came to open blind eyes. And so the Pharisees go, well, are my eyes blind too? And he says, yes, they are. And we pick up the story here. Verse 1 through 10, John chapter 10 says, Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate or the door, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. And the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they still didn't understand what he was telling them. Of course, typical religious leaders are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And so again, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep don't listen to them. I am the gate. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come and go, come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Three quick things that I hope and pray that we walk away from this. Okay, Number one is that Jesus is the only door to salvation. Only. I know we say that all the time that Jesus is uh, the way to life and whatnot. And, and it's important to know that, but it's also important that he's the only way. There's only one door that we walk through that leads to salvation. And the problem is that we live in a world, especially here, if you grew up in the church or if you go to a, a private Christian school or whatever, you grew up thinking, go to church, read your Bible, do good things, help people, pray a lot, that is my door. That's how I get saved. I'm here to tell you that's not how it happens. Are those things good? Yes, of course. We want you to be here. We want you to be plugged in. Read your Bible. We want you to pray. Of course, those are all good things. But none of those things will lead to you being saved. Jesus being the door is the only way. Other people think uh, that, oh, you can uh, just live a really good life and that'll get you into heaven or that'll get you in relationship with God, right? Or if I say 10 Hail Marys, that'll get me in. Or if I go to confession, that's what's gonna get me in uh, to the presence of God. That's what's gonna save me. And I'm here to tell you, all of that is wrong. Jesus is the only door to salvation. And these Jewish leaders, these Pharisees, what was their door? It was the law. There was the door of good deeds, the door of going to church. But, but Jesus is the true shepherd. And because he's also the true shepherd, he's also the door to provision. Number two, Jesus is the door to provision. Jesus provides everything that we need. It says here in verse um, nine, he says, I am the gate of anyone who enters by me. He will be saved, right? But he will come in and go and out and find what pasture? A sheep. Anybody know why a sheep needs to go to a pasture? Anybody? No? Nobody heard sheep here? Wow. No, I'm kidding. 
right? No, a sheep needs to find pasture because within that pasture, it has everything that it needs. It can lay down. There's, there's water nearby. There's food. There's grass. Everything that the sheep needs is within the pasture. And Jesus is saying that the door that I am is going to lead to those pastures. But the thing is, what are the things that we need right now? Some of us need peace. Some of us need to just realize how loved we are by God and that everything that we've done in the past doesn't identify us anymore. The things that we did just last night doesn't define us anymore. The things that we've said to this person, the arguments that I've had with my parents, the one time I, I slept with him or I slept with her, the one time that I thought about ending it all, the one time that I thought about running away, the one time that I decided to start a fight at school and all of that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not here to tell you, right, that, that that's okay. It's not okay, but that's the point, is that we are broken people and we need peace. And the only way that we receive that peace is by walking through the door of Jesus to give us peace that surpasses all understanding, pastures that lead to unspeakable joy, pasture that leads to provision for your needs. The bread of life, the light of the world. He's using all these examples and it's all about the same thing. It's all pointing to him. The bread of life is the hunger. He, he satisfies our hunger, right? The light of the world, he sheds light on everything that we need to be aware of. But now he's also the door all at the same time. That's how much God loves you. That's how big God is, right? He's also, lastly, the door that leads to life in abundance. Jesus is the door that leads to life in abundance, but the problem is, is that just like the blind man, we can't see abundance, excuse me, we can't see what abundance looks like because we have been blinded by society that continues to remind us how much more we need in life, right? Why didn't I get that job? Why isn't that girl like me? Why, why, why do... I keep fighting with my parents. Why is my mom not around? Why is my dad not around? Why, why don't I have friends? Why do other people at school have all these things and I can't even get new pairs of socks? Why, why am I, is my dad sick? Why is my, why is my mom sick? Why does my, my grandma have cancer? Why do, those are hard questions, man. Those are hard things to go through. But what, are, what is Jesus saying here? Is that he didn't promise abundance in wealth, in health, in status, in materialistic things, because those things are ultimately not proof of a life in abundance. Okay, what is abundance? It means like overflowing so much, so much. But all those things, all, all of that, health, status, money, is not proof of a life of abundance. But Instagram tells us it is, right? MTV tells us it is, whatever. What abundance looks like. But Jesus is saying, no, I am the proof of life in abundance. I am the prize. I am the gift. I am the blessing that you do not deserve. But because I love you, I'm giving to you. Jesus is your life in abundance. Okay? Jesus is your life in abundance. And the thing is, is that we are so fixated. The average age 
of life. Does anybody know? I think it's like 75 maybe or 80 around there. And then you die. That's 80 years. Right. And then up until you're 18, you're still considered a kid. Right. And even then I know people that are 25, 30, 40 that are still babies. Okay. So you have 80 years average, 75 to 80 years here average. And you're worried about what I can get. Yet Jesus is saying that on the other side of this life is eternity forever, forever and ever and ever. And you're worried about 80 years when you're about to enter into millions of years with me or millions of years without me, which we often call hell, right? And that's not something that he desires for you. He wants to give you life in abundance, but that is him. He is life in abundance. Jesus is the true door. He's the true shepherd. The idea that, that there's a door means that there's a proper way to gain entry, right? I, if I saw you guys like coming, sitting down, like jumping off from the building, I'd be like, dude, you're going like, to hurt yourself. What are you doing? There's a door right here, right? Walk through it. Why are you going up here and jumping and you literally just walked right in and been okay and sat down, right? Because doors are meant to show you where you need to walk through, right? And the religious leaders, how did they gain their place among the sheep there, right? They got it through personal connections, through political gains, through formal education. They went to schools or whatever, through ambition, manipulation, and corruption. Ultimately, they were chosen because they looked good, because they had money and people liked them. That's how they chose, right, who the religious leaders were going to be. And Jesus said, no, you got it all wrong. I, I'm the true shepherd. You got it all wrong. You didn't, gain, you didn't get here the way you were supposed to get here. You came in through the roof, but I'm the door. And no one comes to the Father except through me. John 10, verses 1 through 6, again, says this. I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep by the pen, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Verse three says that the gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he brought them outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep, what? They follow him because they, what? Know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus is continuously telling them, the sheep are going to know my voice. Now, I've never been pregnant. Um, I never will be because I'm not a female. But I do know that there's a crazy phenomenon that happens when a woman is pregnant. The baby hasn't been born yet, right? But what doctors tell them or what people tell them to do is to talk to the baby. Talk to your baby inside the womb. So a dad will talk to its baby or a mom will talk to its baby, right? Sometimes you'll see the baby's feet start to kick in the stomach, which is really weird. But, but once the dad starts talking, you see the baby's feet start kicking. And the thing is that it has no idea who it is. It's still a baby. But what happens when they're born, they're finally outside of the womb. Who, who are the first voices they hear? They hear doctors yelling, okay, boom, boom, cut the blue, whatever, whatever. That, that's what they hear. And they start crying and crying and, and they're afraid because they just came into this world and they don't know any of these voices. But the moment that the mom, 
starts to speak or the dad is there and speaks to the baby, it calms down. Almost as if, wait, I know this voice. It was speaking to me before I was even born. And for a lot of us who don't know Jesus, he's talking to you right now in this room and he's saying, hey, you've had a life where you've walked through so many doors that I'm going to close for you. But I need you to walk through the door that is found in Jesus. And I'm calling you out right now and I'm asking you to walk through this door because as soon as you walk through this door, you will see the goodness that I have for you, just like the father and the mother has for that newborn child. It's almost like the child knows that, that as soon as he hears his voice or her voice, that this is a person that's going to nurture them. It's going to take care of them. It's going to lead them to green pastures. That is what God is saying here. The sheep know my voice. And for some of us in here, you haven't walked through that door. And I'm crying to you. If you're looking for peace, if you're looking, right, for purpose in your life, walk through the door, the only door that will lead you to that, which is Jesus. He, he may be calling you right now and you have no idea what's happening, but we will walk with you. We will love you. We will shepherd you. We will care for you. Your leaders are here to do that. But walk, listen to the voice and walk through the door. Jesus, that will lead to salvation right? That will lead to provision, right? Walk through that door. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for allowing us to come together. I pray ultimately that those who don't know you right now, Jesus will walk through that door. They would taste the goodness that you have to offer, freedom, salvation, freedom from the doors that we opened and walked through that we wish we didn't, and that you would close them right now, Father, and that you would reveal yourself in such a powerful way through your Holy Spirit, that our, our students here that don't know you would, would know you for the very first time right now. Lord, I pray for our time in our groups. I pray that we would continue to use this time to talk together, to grow together, to, to be vulnerable, to share what's on our hearts, and that we would continue to just abide in you and abide in your word. In your name we pray and we all said, amen.